With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, welcome into the Monday podcast here on Maze and Brew. We're a little bit delayed today due to, uh, I'll be honest, Sunday night I fell asleep early. So, hey, transparency is cool. But we are here on a Monday. Monday, our new little tradition here is taking Twitter questions from you guys. I'm Anthony Broom, the team site producer and managing editor over at Maze and Brew. So, it'll just be me and your questions today. So, I have a lot here. Not shockingly at all. Uh, most of it revolves around your desire to talk about what the hell is going on at the quarterback position. Uh, but we do have. We'll get to that. Uh, there's a few other ones I'd like to to get to and discuss first. So um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, you guys know what happened. Michigan won 10-3 over Iowa over the weekend. Moved up to I believe number 16 in both the polls. So um, you know you, st- you stacked up another win. That's two in a row now. Got a chance at a third Saturday against Illinois. We'll see how things happen and go about from there. But um, yeah, let's just let's just jump into the questions here because you're going to hear us talk about the game on Brewcast. You hear the out of the blue guys talk about it and, and talk about going into Illinois later this week. So let's just keep it focused to the questions that you guys sent in. So that's the plan for today. And uh, all right, here we go. This first one comes from Kevin DeHaven. He has the defense looked great, but I'm still very concerned with the offense. My over, or, I'm sorry, I'm still very concerned with crossing routes. Am I overreacting, or is this really still a concern? Yeah, here's the thing with the crossing routes. Still a concern, absolutely. Until they make a full-fledged effort to kind of stop that and shut it down, yeah, I think it's fair to be concerned about that. I will say this though, 
they did a better job defending them once they had athletes on the field. Cam McGrone, Daxton Hill. I mean, a direct, you know, the, the interception that Ambry Thomas had was from Daxton Hill defending a crossing route about as perfectly as you can and tipping a ball back to, to his cornerback to get it picked off. So um, maybe that's your crossing route buster. Maybe that's a, a, something that can help you in that regard. Um you know, stop those moving forward. But I, I think it's not even just the crossing routes that bother me. It is the the steadfast belief that they must play man defense much of the time. I think they had a couple third downs Iowa did where they got bur- Michigan got burned because Michigan was in man to man on. I know the one they were in man to man on third and twenty two. Like that just that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, but they did they did a better job. I, I thought. I mean. Truth be told, I thought this was one of Don Brown's better called defensive games since he's been at Michigan. They did mix in some zone. They did some a better job of, of defending the crossing route. So I'm not going to kill him for that. At this point, it's kind of a nitpick. Um, and the thing of it is, sometimes those crossing routes too are, um, you know, they're rub routes. They're, they're picks over the middle of the field that they don't get called a whole lot. So I'm not I'm not really going to pile on the defense at all. I mean, that's to me, that's sort of a nitpick from this game. But yeah, yeah, it's fair to still be a little bit concerned for sure. So thanks for the question, Kevin. So the, here we talk about the offense now. I think that's the only defensive question that we have. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the offense now. We'll, we'll talk the quarterbacks here in a few. All right, our next question comes in here from AJK4UM. Offensively, is this really a system problem? Is Gaddis's offense so complex with every down reads that the O-line is confused on blocking and Patterson is off balance? Maybe Gaddis's game plans are okay, but his play calling and game management are abysmal. Or is it really that the O-line and QB regressed? Yeah, I'll be honest about the, o- the O-line. I think that they played a lot better on Saturday. Now, was it perfect? No. But I think... What we saw at Wisconsin was a team that got bullied and pushed around. This this offensive line, and, and really the lines on both sides of the ball, they didn't get pushed around in this game on Saturday. I thought the offensive line did a solid job in pass protection. Run blocking, yeah, you got to move guys a little bit more, but you got to figure, too, Iowa has a pretty good defensive front. A.J. Epinesa, that's a guy who's going to be a you know first, second-round NFL draft pick. And, um, you know, the sack... The sack numbers and the pressure numbers aren't quite there this year right yet, but um, you know, it's because he's also getting a fair amount of attention being being the, the beast that he is. So uh, kind of like Rashawn Gary. I mean, people always kind of dogged him for his, his sack number, the lack of sack numbers, but when you're a beast along a line that you know has guys that are still talented but nowhere near as talented as you, uh, you're going to get double and triple teamed. So I, I certainly think you see that, but... Um, as far as Gaddis and the the offense isn't complex, I don't know if it's complex. Um, it's hard to say. I'll say that there certainly is an aspect of them overthinking things quite a bit on there. Um, some of the you know some of the trick plays, and I think the biggest problem right now, and we'll talk about quarterbacks here. Um, you can't get into much of a flow, and you can't be aggressive when you don't trust your quarterback. People ask why they're not taking shots down the field. Guys, they don't trust Shea Patterson right now to see that. Um, yeah, they had they, they dialed one up deep, and and they said after the game that they claim Iowa took everything else away. Well, that's where you kind of have to adjust and scheme away to get what you want offensively. Um, 
I don't know. Obviously, you're still dealing with a first-year play caller, but we keep doing the chicken and the egg debate with, you know, who's to blame, the quarterback or the OC? Who is it? I tend to believe it starts with the quarterback play. Shea Patterson isn't reading things fast enough. He's not seeing open receivers. He's not, um, the ball's not coming out as quick as it should be. You know, overthrowing guys a little bit here and there. I, I tend, I'm starting to feel like, you know, we're we're six weeks into the season. I know Michigan's only played five games, but we're six weeks in here. Um, Shea Patterson, I don't know if there's a flip to be switched here. I think we might be at his ceiling. That's how I feel about it right now. But um, I don't think that he's regressed. I just think that he's probably, last year was probably as good as he'll ever be. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, this one comes from Philly Phil 54 Kind of goes back to uh, what we were just talking about. Why do we not throw deep more? I'm taking a wild here, but I'm assuming we have one of the tallest receiving corps in the Big Ten. There should be 10 to 15 deep balls a game with Nico, DPJ, Black, Bell, and Eubanks. Um, you should be taking more shots down the field, especially in single coverage. You know, a guy like Nico Collins, I'll take my chances there. Even last week, Shea Patterson threw an interception on one of those plays. I'm fine with that interception because you're at least taking a chance down the field. Um, 10 to 15 times a game, that's at that point you're playing 500 dead or alive. And I don't, I just don't think that's a good way to go about it. Um, they can target those guys in the quick passing game. They can target them in other ways. Get the ball in their hands. Let them make a play. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't think Shea Patterson sees the field well enough and processes well enough to see if he has a guy wide open after that first read. So um, I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't know how realistic that is. And I don't know if that's something that you'd really want to do. All right, this one's from Caleb Hopkins. He says, why does the offense look different every game? Is inconsistently killing? Is inconsistency killing the team? Thought rolling Shea out against Rutgers worked great. Didn't see that enough versus Iowa. You know what? I agree with you there. Um, something we saw against Rutgers, and again, I know, it's Rutgers. They're traffic cones. I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into it. But something that I think we saw in that game was that Michigan found what it did well, and they just did it. Shea Patterson rolled, was pretty good on the move. That's something that I think they, if he's going to be out there, they should do more of. Um, it's... <laughs> They they simplified things against Rutgers because they could and because they needed to, and then this week they went right back to drinking out of a fire hose. I, I don't and I don't like give credit to Iowa. That was I think the fifth best defense in the nation coming into that game. Yeah, like like they did a good job, but I was not dynamic enough where they just literally take away everything you have. Um, all of this to me just comes back to not trusting the quarterback and. <laughs> I don't know if he's earned that trust, um, but you got to give him a chance too. I think the biggest problem with this offense right now is the refusal to just give your guys a chance to make plays. And and I know they're trying to do different things. We saw speed option on Saturday. We saw Zach Charbonnet out of the Wildcat. We saw Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, looked like he pulled up to throw a ball, which what does it say about where they're at right now that they trust more Donovan. They trust Donovan Peoples Jones more to throw the ball downfield than they do their quarterback. 
it's um, and I know it's a trick play. That's not totally fair. That's not a totally fair criticism, but um, it's kind of where things are at right now. So, um, yeah, offensively, I get it. I get your frustrations. I share your frustrations. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fix is. Uh, people want Josh Gaddis fired. Like you just scrapped your entire offense to put in what he has to do. Firing like you fire him and then you you then what? You just go back to putting a new system in in a week with all these big games coming. Your best shot now with these games that are coming up: Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. You need to simplify what you have and just do what works. Um, and hope you get bet, you know. Hope you get better in the system that you have. If at the end of the year th- this is this is as bad as you know, if it's truly as bad as they say it is, as the rankings say they are, I don't know. I don't know if Josh Gaddis is is that guy. But I also feel like if <laughs> we'll have that conversation at a later date. But if this thing doesn't work out and improve here with him, I don't know what you do. I think it's it's kind of. Uh, it's kind of ironic that what might ultimately be Jim Harbaugh's undoing at Michigan is doing the thing everyone wanted him to do and modernizing the offense. But then again, maybe don't hire a guy after a 20-minute phone call without ever having met him face-to-face. Um, I don't know. That, that's a. Those are all valid concerns. I totally get that. So this one comes from uh, Jake, and then we'll take a quick break here. Uh, Jake asks, the same concern I've had for years now. Why can't our O-line just dominate? Where's the consistent push? Why does Shea have to scramble so often? Lots of questions for Gaddis, but also tons of questions for our O-line coach. Yeah, I've been kind of surprised. Like the, the lack of consistency on the offensive line has been very surprising this year, especially because you have all four, you know, four Big Ten caliber guys up front, all Big Ten, I should say, um, in your, you know, John Runyon, Bredesen, Ruiz, Anwenu. Uh, I know that there are different responsibilities in this new offense, and they're getting closer. Like I'm not going to dog them. I thought they played, given the opponent and given you know what we'd seen, I thought they played much better on Saturday than they have. Uh, I know it's still not good enough, but um, you know it's not like Shea Patterson's getting hit. Like like he was Wisconsin was disaster. You burn the tape from that game. But it's not like Shea Patterson has been getting roughed up and things like that. I mean, the offensive line, pass blocking has been pretty decent throughout the year. Run blocking is inconsistent. I think part of that, too, um, you know, we're, we're expecting this group to wide up, open up these wide gaping holes is um, I don't think you have a running back right now that can hit a home run. Like, Charbonnet's fine. He's good. Um, he's You know, he can get you... Five six yards a pop if the if the blocking's there, but you know this is where and people don't talk about this much and it's kind of a moot point because he's not coming back maybe at all ever. Uh, you miss Chris Evans a lot right now. Uh, you, you don't have a home run threat in the backfield. Giles Jackson maybe is a guy that might be able to do that, but he's a wide receiver, so um, I certainly don't see them switching his position at this point of the year. You kind of. You kind of are what you are back there. Um, you know, I know people... It, it's hard to really get a gauge on what's going on there. Because I, I do think it's kind of... You know, running backs and offensive line is kind of a symbiotic relationship. And, um, you know, I think that they've done a, a decent enough job. Um, I don't know how... Maybe 
maybe running most of the plays out of the shotgun has uh, affected the run game as well. But you know, overall, when I look at this this team, um, offensive line, yeah, it's a concern. But uh, no, I don't think it's it's been as bad as, as people say it is either. So. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. I'll be back to talk some of the quarterback stuff and answer those questions back here on our Monday podcast here on Maze and Brew. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, and we are back here on our Monday podcast here on Maze and Brew. I'm Anthony Broom answering your questions from Twitter. Uh, talked some of the defensive, offensive problems early on here. We're going to go a little more specific here. Have a handful of quarterback questions that I thought were worth addressing, worth talking about. So we'll just kind of jump right back into it. This one's from, this one is from our guy TJ Stodatcher. I hope I said that right, TJ. My biggest question is that. QBs are being asked to be perfect rather than playing the game like an NFL player. Is this why Shea and Dylan McCaffrey look tight and unsure? Milton seems like he just went and played ball versus Rutgers. What are your thoughts? I don't know if it's that, you know, I think part of being an NFL player is doing things perfectly or doing them really well. Um, and Jim Harbaugh, like, you say what you will about him, I think he knows what it what it takes for a guy to be an NFL quarterback. But, um you know, I, I do see tight and unsure. Um, sometimes you just got to let guys go out and play. I think that when Michigan recruits quarterbacks, and we'll talk about quarterback recruiting here in a second, I think what they recruit for is, hey, this guy's got a ton of tools. If we teach him and coach him up the right way, you know, he's going to be an NFL guy in three or four years. Whereas I think you see a lot of schools, like um, there's these Auburn and Bo Nicks for an example. Like sometimes you just need to go recruit a really, really talented football player, especially in an offense like this where it looks like you need your quarterback to be able to run a little bit more. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to go out and get football players, guys that can play. And I think maybe the biggest problem is that when we look at the quarterback position, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. I think they recruit more for tools than they do, you know, for the, you know, the it factor or whatever you want to say. Um, Tight and unsure. I, I, I don't 
that might be a way a good way to put it. Uh, I don't think we've seen enough from Dylan McCaffrey to, to say that he looks tight or unsure. I think what's tight and unsure is the play calling, quite frankly. Um, Joe Milton, again, I know he's everyone's kind of moved on to him now as the new poster boy for who they'd like to see. I'm not putting too much stock into him throwing against Rutgers. Now, that touchdown throw was awesome. The, the, the arm talent is there. But people have to remember, two weeks ago, he was the number three quarterback. And I get the hesitation to replace... I, I get the hesitation to put him in the game um, you know, as a redshirt freshman two weeks after he was you know, just the third-string quarterback. But with that being said, um, if the guy can play, the guy can play. We don't know if he can play yet. But uh, you know, I, I think that if Shea Patterson continues to struggle, and one of these guys is is, I think some of these guys deserve more first team reps. Honestly, I think that it soon could be the time. My fear is that they'll wait till they lose another game or another two games to decide. All right, well, here we go. It's time for the future. That's what bothers me. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, what stinks is I think that they did they did what people wanted them to do. They had moved on to Dylan McCaffrey in the Wisconsin game. And then he gets knocked out with a pretty bad concussion. And he hasn't played and really practiced in two weeks. So even when he comes back, is he going to be rusty? Is he going to need time? So let's just say that Dylan McCaffrey comes back to practice this week. Like, there's a good chance he might need two weeks of practice before he's ready to go. And then that puts you at a night game at Illinois, and then the Notre Dame game, or things like that. So, um, I don't know. I would have both of those guys ready to go this week, uh, McCaffrey and Milton, just in case. Um, Illinois, like, especially if Brandon Peters doesn't play, I don't. They're not going to lose to Illinois. They're big favorites again. But um, that's kind of where I stand on the quarterback position right now. I mean, Shea Patterson just hasn't been good enough. Um, I don't care that he was a former five star. I don't care that. Uh, he came, you know, elected to not go in the NFL draft and come back to improve his draft stock. Well, that looks like a bad decision right now. So, I, I, I have nothing really to, nothing, I have nothing more to add on Shea Patterson right now. Um, and this kind of goes back to the next question here um, from Jonathan Crane. When is it time to let a different QB take over? I wanted Patterson to be the guy, but through the first five games, he has not been very good. I think this week is the perfect week to switch. Thoughts? I think they will stick with him for this Illinois game. Now, if he comes out and struggles, and someone else is and someone else is ready to go, I think they should make the switch. Because what more do you need to see from Shea Patterson? I mean, it's not one or two games fine, but he's had one good game this year against Rutgers. If someone else is ready to make a push. They should be making them ready, or else it's going to cost them a win or two. Not having Brandon Peters ready in 2017 cost them a win against Michigan State. We've talked about that before. And again, you talk about another scenario where a promising young quarterback goes to Madison and gets knocked out. That happened to Michigan in that game, too, in 2017. Brandon Peters is actually starting to play well. Got knocked out of the game. Never was the same transferred. I think like you saw in that Rutgers game a few years ago, when John O'Korn struggled, they yanked him and went to Brandon Peters. If 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 Shea Patterson struggles to start this game this weekend, I'm not playing the game anymore. 
I'm going with who whoever's next up. I don't honestly I don't care if it's McCaffrey or Milton. I don't if you're going to get these types of mistakes out of the quarterback position, I'd rather them come with a purpose. Shea Patterson has, you know, six or seven more football games left at Michigan. Could he could he flip the switch? Sure. I don't know if it will happen. I don't know if he's going to be put in those positions to succeed. A lot has to happen. A lot that I don't think will happen has to happen. So if they don't trust him and he doesn't play well, meritocracy or not, you got to go with who the next guy up. So this next one's from Dave Garbo. He asks, what will it take for us to see McCaffrey going forward? Turnover is a loss. Can't get much worse than what we've seen from the quarterback position. Um, it will take some egregious turnovers by Shea Patterson. Uh, and, you know, just talking about McCaffrey here, the problem with Dylan McCaffrey is that, again, you don't know what his health is like. That was a pretty scary concussion, guys. One that you don't just come back from one or two weeks and just be okay. And is he liable to get more concussions now? I think that's a concern. Especially the way he runs. He runs kind of recklessly. Like his older brother is right now in the NFL. His older brother's a running back, though. Quarterback's got to be a little better than that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it will take. I know what it would take for me to make the switch. But I'm not Jim Harbaugh. So I'm not I'm not even qualified to to answer that. I'd do it though if Shea Patterson doesn't play well this weekend. I'm all for giving him a chance to get rolling and figure it out, but I just don't know what more you need to see. So that's where I'm at there. This is gonna be our last question. This one comes from Brad. Thanks, Brad, for the question. Why is it that Harbaugh seems to have so little faith at the quarterbacks that he has recruited? Besides seeing Brandon Peters for a few games in 2017, it's year five and we have yet to see his recruits. I think it goes back to something I talked about a little bit earlier. They, they, are, they keep bringing in guys who have tools, who were you know, multi-sport athletes that were you know, great athletes at the position in high school, have some arm talent that needs to be refined. Um... They just haven't done a good enough job of coaching those guys up. I mean, I'm not going to dog on Shea Patterson for coming to Michigan, but um, you know, I think that bringing in Shea Patterson now, in hindsight, kind of, it looks like, it certainly looks like he doesn't have confidence in the guys he had. And it's not, you know, it's not like it used to be where it, it you could have a guy on the bench for two or three years to develop and come in and see what happens. College game, you need to get guys that are ready to play. And for as well as Michigan has recruited, they they sure have taken a lot of quarterbacks that you know aren't are one, are at least two years away when they step on step foot on campus. But then they never get a chance to compete. John O'Corn holds a guy like Brandon Peters back from competing for a job. Shea Patterson maybe stunts the growth of a McCaffrey or a you know, Brandon Peters before he transferred or a Joe Milton. They haven't really given their guys a chance to develop. I think that's frustrating. That the two 
two of Michigan's worst seasons with Harbaugh are being led by transfers that he brought in instead of his own. He's not even giving, you know, he's not even giving himself a chance to like. Say, we have we can't say that Jim Harbaugh has never recruited a good quarterback because he hasn't played a good quarterback. He hasn't given him a chance to play. Jake Rudock, year one. Transfer from Iowa. Wilton Spate, year two. Brady Hoke commit. Wilton Spate, year three. Hoke commit. John O'Corn, year three. Houston transfer. Year four, Shea Patterson, Ole Miss transfer. Year five, Shea Patterson, Ole Miss transfer. They're not even giving, he's not even giving his guys a chance. And, you know, I, I know he's recruited, he's on his fourth quarterback at Michigan. He's recruited Brandon Peters, obviously McCaffrey and Milton, and Cade McNamara as a freshman this year. If you're going to go down, go down with one of the guys that you brought in. And I get Shea Patterson was a different type of transfer because he was a five star type of guy. You thought maybe you'd be getting your version of Russell Wilson when he went to Wisconsin. But as the garbage truck rolls by in front of my house as I record, quite frankly, the results from his own recruits have been trash. Period. And I know it's the whole meritocracy type thing, but um, we've seen young guys get in on both sides of the ball at multiple positions, except for at quarterback. I think it's time to see what those younger guys can do if they're ready to play. Now, Joe Milton comes in the game and throws three picks and, and you lose you lose a game. That's probably worse than what you would get that you would get out of Shea Patterson. And then the narrative turns to, well, then Harbaugh can't recruit a quarterback. And that probably would be true. I don't, Guys, I don't know. Like, I'll be honest with you. Right now, I see an eight-win football team. You'll beat Illinois. You'll beat Maryland and Indiana. I think you'll beat Michigan State. I think that would be similar to the Iowa game, I think. But... At Penn State, good luck. Fringe top 10 team. Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't know. Not Ohio State, forget it. So. I don't know where it goes from here, but it'll be interesting, that's for sure. All right, we're going to close this out here. Again, uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all those lovely spots. Maze and Brew Podcast, wherever you get your shows, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Subscribe, leave a review. Any feedback is good. We'll take it. So that's it. We'll be back on Tuesday with a new episode of Brewcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.